Alrighty, welcome back to Spandex Planet. Thanks for listening in this week. Still on quarantine, so nothing new there. Um, I think obviously we're all mostly in the same boat with this. Not uh, not a lot going on. I think obviously being in quarantine, same same story. Not able to train. Um, I'm hoping you know soon we'll be able to kind of figure something out, but. As of now, it's just, you know, more of the same, making sure that I'm working out and and have a good training routine as far as uh, lifting and and that kind of stuff and and watching the diet the best that I can because it's very easy to not do that when you're at home. Um, I'm working uh, from home and it's still hard for me some days to um, like be like pay a ton of attention and I just eat a lot and I graze. Uh, so I can only imagine what it's like if you, you know, are unfortunately furloughed or, or were laid off or whatever. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> WWE news that we didn't talk about last week or that I didn't dive into uh, super far. A lot of, lot of releases. Um, there's a lot of opinions on this. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't really, like it sucks, but I don't... Um, I'm not like, oh, WWE's evil or, you know, it was unwarranted. I don't know. I'm not in their their business. I don't I don't really hold opinions on that kind of stuff. It just is what it is. Businesses make decisions that they feel are the best for their business and not everybody's going to agree and that's just kind of the way things go. Uh, a lot of NXT guys who like weren't being used, so that's not surprising. Um on the main roster, EC3, which uh, not surprising. It's a shame, but not surprising. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were were pretty surprising to me, actually. Um, it was interesting. Heath Slater makes sense. Sarah Logan, Primo and Epico. I had no idea they were even signed still. Uh, Drake Maverick, who posted a really sad video um, about his release, and then the boys, Hawkins and Ryder. Not surprised. Uh, bummed for them but I think it's going to be cool to see them do something else like on the indies or potentially with AEW and I think a lot of these guys may end up there I just hopefully not all of them I you know because then AEW becomes that bloated roster that everybody hates WWE for and guys don't get used and and yeah we don't want that to happen um, a lot of like backstage stuff Lance Storm uh, Finley released it's really Landstorm closed his school and started working with the WWE like literally just a couple months ago. And then, man, that sucks. That that, uh, that one's a really big bummer too. Um, and then it was kind of going back and forth um, about Chris Hero. Like some people were saying his profile was moved to the alumni section, but then he wasn't saying anything and WWE wasn't saying anything. And during this time, I was just like, I hope he gets released. I think WWE has never really ran with him. Um, so I would rather see him as Chris Hero. Um, and this is someone who I would say almost guaranteed would sign with AEW. I would be shocked if he didn't. And uh, it seems to be official. He's changed his name to uh, WWE alumni. He posted a, a picture of his his Cassius Ono boots. Um, 
and that was that. So I, I'm Chris Hero's back, uh, which is fantastic. I think you know WWE is just not the place for him, and that just I I think Chris Hero is man probably the best professional wrestler in the world. Um, I think there was a time where it was really a toss up between him and Brian Danielson. And um, I think if he's not the, he's definitely one of. So it's good. It, I'm, I'm happy. He's very underutilized in my opinion. And I know there's probably a lot of factors that go into that. Um, and, you know, this week we're going to dive into fantasy booking because fantasy is all we have right now while we're on lockdown. And uh, I'm going to talk about Chris Hero and, and maybe some different ideas that could have happened and just overall thoughts. So. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, that's really the biggest WWE news, other than people claiming they're having to work these tapings in Florida since, you know, wrestling is essential in Florida. Um, and apparently sports are, I don't know, I think UFC's doing something there also. So, I, it, yeah, I'm whatever, Florida. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, there's some some employee or, or, you know, there's at least a report that an employee feels like they, they have to work it or um, they'll be fired. So I don't know if there's more to come on that or what, uh, but, you know, there's always some drama going on <laughs> uh, online. And a lot of times it's not real or warranted, but it is what it is. Um, before we get into booking... Since that really, man, that, I mean, that's really the whole like news section. WWE just, I mean, they're still running and they're in their, their, the performance center. And it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. Like it's maybe cool that I can, that I can turn on Raw or SmackDown um, and see, they have like a handful of guys that work every taping. So you're seeing some weird like NXT guys on, on the show a lot and a lot of, the same folks like drew mcintyre with andrade and uh austin theory which he just probably is the most fortunate one in this whole (laughs) quarantine because he got called up like to fill a spot because they're just this this is like an unprecedented situation and now he's just uh you know the main featured guy in raw every week which is pretty crazy um or one of the main featured folks so I just like I don't know. It's just not the same. And obviously, wrestling without fans is just not. If I wanted, to, I don't know. It just, it reminds me of backyard wrestling, which you know does hold a special place in my heart. So it's not the end of the world, but it's still. I don't know how I feel about it, man. I almost just think maybe they call it a season, you know, and just take a break until things can go back to at least close to business as usual as normal. But I, I think it's tough because. We, you don't actually know when that's going to happen. I think, you know, here's the weird part about America is that <clears throat> we don't always do everything the same way. So, for example, um, this week, I think there's a couple states, Tennessee and another one, um, are going to start like reopening things and, and lifting uh, shelter orders, which is like probably too early. Um, I'm not a scientist. I don't know, but it's crazy because you think about them reopening and then these other states that are like till the end of May. Um, and I know there's a lot of factors that go into that, but it ends up 
oh, kind of almost being political factors, which is just like not the best way to be um, while we are on, while we're in a pandemic. Um, but, you know, is is what it is. Um, the reason I brought that up is because with some other states opening, I think Georgia may have been the other one. I could see, um, you know, if they're if they started allowing like sporting events with with crowds, um, which I, I I guess they could. Um, I could see AEW and WWE like running in those states uh, exclusively for a little while, which would make sense. But until that happens, I just I think you know it's probably better to to just call it for a little bit. I think AEW is in a different spot, being so new. And what I will say is they're doing the no crowd thing, even though they kind of do have a crowd with the ring surrounded with some folks who are, they're all for the most part, six feet apart. Um, they're just, they're kind of doing it better. I don't know if that's like a bias on my part, but it seems like they're, they're running things a little better with, with no crowd. And I know they just tape like a ton of matches um, to, you know, fill spots on TV up until May, but it's like, they have double or nothing coming up and in May. And if things if they can't run that with a crowd, I just I don't think it's a good idea um, to to do that. Um, and I I just I don't know. I the whole thing is just weird. And I know it's like no one really knows what to do or what's going on. Um, obviously, why you know WWE is running their second pay per view without a crowd and. <laughs> climbing the corporate ladder, whatever that means. I guess there's like a ring on the roof of their corporate office and they're climbing through the building or climbing up the, I do. I don't know. It's wild. It's some wild shit. Like I, I obviously I'm going to watch it out of sheer curiosity. Um, and they're, and at least they're being creative in a time where it's, they're, they're kind of forced to be, um, another show in the PC, like WrestleMania, just, ugh, man, I'm, I don't really have interest so at least this is something different. Um, and then hopefully by, you know, summer, at least in most states, there's going to be um, a lift. Uh, but at the same time, I've also, there's like reports saying that, you know, maybe there's no live sporting events or crowds until next year, which is also not cool. Um, and there's some reports about WWE potentially already having to move WrestleMania from LA next year to somewhere else, um, which is a bummer. Uh, but you know, if, if California is like, yo, I'm, we're not holding, um, live sporting events with those mass crowds, it's just not the right thing to do. Then maybe we won't. And then also you got to think this could be a situation where things open maybe like in the summer. And then, um, we get another wave of this and another lockdown in the winter, which I know nobody wants that, but that could be a reality, which man, I don't know, uh, WWE and, and televised wrestling promotions really got to um, change their their game plan and their strategy. I don't, I don't know what that would look like. I think, you know, like I said, seasons might make sense. I like other sports, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tough time. Um, it, man, the biggest bummer is with indie wrestling, man, it just sucks. Like, especially those stationed like on the West coast or like East coast, like New York or New Jersey based or California, Washington, Oregon based like that sucks, man, because like these States are, are being the strictest and, and it's probably good. Um, but it's just, man, for, for, for the Indies, it's just, it's a tough time. A lot of guys not, not working or 
that's kind of their lifeline. So man, that's a bummer. But moving on from things that are, are a bummer, um, <clears throat> a couple updates in the fitness, the fitness category. So let's dive into that real quick. All right. So, you know, I, I went into a lot of detail um, last time about some stuff that I'm doing, and, and I feel like uh, some of you may feel like this is exciting. Some of you may not. Um, I'm not going to claim to be uh, a personal trainer. I'm not um, certified in anything. I don't, you know, I'm not like a doctor. I'm not I'm not any of those things. I'm not a physical therapist, um, but I do have some knowledge that I feel um, is applicable and, and, and has worked for me and actually has worked for others who I've uh, tried to help. Um, so this is what I'm doing. And, and I just, you know, everybody's body is, is different for sure. So just because I think something works for me doesn't necessarily mean it works for you, but also uh, it could. So um, when you talk about it potentially working for you, you have to kind of think about what your your body type is, you know, whether you're an ectomorph, a mesomorph, or an endomorph, right? And um, you can absolutely Google that um, when you have a minute and look at what that looks like. But, you know, from small to, to uh, extreme, the ectomorph would be um, like a skinnier body type naturally, whereas an endomorph is, is, is an overweight looking body type. Um, and my body type is probably somewhere closer to that, that endomorph, um, just like naturally, um, mesomorph, uh, would be like the, the middle where, you, you know, you can put on muscle pretty easily and pretty like, I guess, I don't know. I always say average, right? Like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not using really, uh, you know, scientific terms, but my body's somewhere probably closer to the, the the end of mesomorph and beginning of endomorph naturally. I do put on body fat very easily. Um, a lot of my family is overweight, and um, some of them are not, but but a lot of them are and, and struggled with their weight and things like that. So if I uh, am loose with my with my routines, I it, it's not good for me. Um, so. Here, here's kind of, you know, I, I talked about some dieting stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, really the king is, is calories in versus calories out. Um, I do track my macros and I know that's a very uh, popular thing to do. <clears throat> and that's, you know, proteins, fats, and carbs. Um, but I think more than anything, really what I do is I just make sure I have the protein um and I, I just make sure that I'm not overeating on my calories. So you can track your total daily energy expenditure or your TDEE. There's free calculators online. It It's super easy to do. And that kind of gives you an idea of what your maintenance calories are uh, to stay exactly where you're at. And then you can adjust that based on whether you want to lose weight or gain weight or, or what have you. So... Um, <clears throat> mine is somewhere between 24 and 2,600 calories for maintenance. So it really depends. Um, I, 
I think it's tough to do a um, a full like I don't know. It's harder on my body to do like a full bulking cycle and then you know do uh, you know a cutting cycle. I used to try to do that all the time, and honestly, like it hurts my joints because um, I'm putting on some weight. Um, and I like I said, I gain body fat really fast. And I know I could probably tweak a bulk and, and really just be as strict and clean as possible. But then I'm just miserable, and it's just not worth it. It's not that serious to make yourself miserable. Like I'm not going to enter. Uh, an IFBB pro bodybuilding show. So I, you know, I, it's not that serious to me. I do want to look good though. Um, and I want to put on muscle and, and have as little body fat as possible. So really what I try to do, um, is I'll do like mini versions of this stuff, right? So you're not going to put on muscle if you're not, uh, eating additional calories. It's, it's just not going to happen. Right. But you don't have to eat like a thousand additional calories a day. So Let's, let's just average out my TDEE, which would be, let's just say 2,500, right? Um, if for, you know, a few months, I don't know, like let's have a routine together. It should kind of match like what your training routine is. You do like 2,700 calories and then 28, like it's only 300 more. Um, and I think what I would do is I would slowly build up to like 500 uh, calories more, like up to the 3000 range and just see like how your body's reacting to it. If you're putting on a ton of fat and it, it doesn't feel good or you're sick or whatever, then you can drop it down a little bit. But I think the mistake people make is even just adding 500 calories a day, like boom, um, or 800 or a thousand, it just at least for me, I don't feel good. Um, I feel really lethargic and I just like, it's tough. And then I find myself like being full and then just trying to like fill calories and eating stuff and then just like hating it. And it's, it's not fun. Um, on the flip side, cutting also is awful. Sometimes it's easier for me to cut. Um, just cause I think I'm used to it at the same time. I I've done some pretty bad damage to my metabolism by cutting when, uh, and not just not being smart about it. Like, I mean, I, like I said, my TDEE, I, I think based on my training, I think it's 26, but, um, I can't remember if it's 24 or 26. So, um, right now I'm really, I'm cutting anyway, so whatever, or I'm, I'm not necessarily cutting, but I'm eating a little bit lower calorie, but we'll talk about that. So in the past, when I, I thought I kind of knew and I started seeing some results, I was like, man, um, I'm just going to do this. And I dropped from eating like probably, you know, a little over 2000 calories a day when I was younger, um, to like literally a thousand calories, which is like <laughs> not good. Um, and I lost a ton of weight, like really quickly because I was, I was also pairing that with like intermittent fasting, which makes it super easy to not eat, um, overeat because you just don't have enough time in the day to do it. Um, and so I was eating like a thousand calories. Um, I used to, there's this company called P28 that makes, um, like these protein bagels and I used to eat those. Um, and they're like 280 calories and like 24 grams of protein. So I'd have like a couple of those and then I would have like, God, I don't even know, like some eggs and, that would be pretty much it. Sometimes I would have, um, I don't know, some kind of like meat of some kind. Like I would do like, like a chicken breast, but just a chicken breast and then just be done. So like, first off, not going to the bathroom at all because it's all protein and like literally hardly any fiber. Um, 
but I saw myself lose like all this weight. I also lost a ton of muscle because that is not enough food. Um, but I lost all this weight and then I, uh, I just stopped and I kind of like, because that's what happens. Like you plateaued and then your body's like, well, now you have to eat less calories. And like, I just, I couldn't do it. So then all I did was up my calories by like, you know, three or 400 and up to like, you know, 1400. And then my body just started putting on all this fat. And then I was just like, whatever, forget it, man. And then I just started eating like normal, but what's, and so now my metabolism is, is effed. Like it's just bad. It's really hard for me to burn body fat and it's my fault. And there's ways to like reset it. Um, I think you, you know, you eat a lot and you just got to be okay with putting on some body fat and then you do it the right way and slowly drop your calories down. Um, and that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm my new like thing that I do every single day is, uh, oatmeal with like protein instead of water. I'll, I'll do, um, protein. I buy, I have protein. I use PE science protein, but then I also, uh, buy the quest, like the pre-made shakes. Cause they're just easy. If I'm going somewhere and they taste really good, 160 calories, 30 grams of protein. It's killer. Um, sure. There's some chemicals in it, but you know, whatever YOLO. Um, but I'll pour that into the oatmeal instead of like water. And it's, then I get that extra 30 grams of protein. Um, and it tastes a little better. And so that's been like a really like a staple in my diet because it helps me get that fiber, um, good source of carbs before a workout, and then also 30 grams of protein. So that's been a go-to meal. If anyone hasn't tried that, um, you absolutely should try that. Um, and like I said, I'm not like crazy with my macros. Like I just really try to make sure I get enough protein. Um, cause at the end of the day, no matter what anyone says, calories in versus calories out are, are king, right? So with my TDEE, um, what I did is, is I started by just dropping it down. Like I said, a, a couple hundred calories here and there. And so right now, I mean, I'm just trying to stick around 2,200 calories for a little while until the quarantine is over. I'm seeing definitely a little bit of fat loss, um, but I'm training pretty hard as well. Um, you know, I'm doing, I talked about it last time, but really like a lot of full body splits and, and working hard because I'm at home. Um, I do have some weights, which is great. Um, and actually I was able to, to secure some more, which is fantastic, which means I can start doing some deadlifts, um, <laughs> which is, man, that, that was a staple of my old routine. So it's cool to be able to fit that into the full body. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to, to just get into, you know, better shape than I've been in, in years and so far so good. So that's kind of, uh, my fitness slash dieting updates. I went on a little bit more of a rant than I thought there. Um, <laughs> but obviously I have a lot of time to think about this kind of stuff. And I said we were going to get into some fantasy booking. Um, and I think, uh, now is probably the best time to do that. And this week I already alluded to it, uh, but we're going to talk about the recently released Cassius Ono, the wrestling genius, the knockout artist, Chris Hero. So Cassius Ono, Chris Hero. Who's your hero? Chris Hero. Man, uh, I think I've said it multiple times on this podcast, but Chris Hero is is definitely up there as, as one of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time. 
Um, I can go back and watch a Chris Hero match from any era, even his uh, IWA Mid-South trash bag pants uh, overweight era. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's all great. It's like, he's just, just a natural to me. And, and the way he's always reinvented himself and like updated, like not only his look, but his move sets and incorporated different styles and things like that. He's just, he's amazing. Um, and so if we're going to talk about fantasy booking, like I'm not going to get into like his indie stuff. Cause that's just, that's first off it's too much, but it, it is what it is. This is really fantasy booking as far as, um, WWE and, and maybe some different way avenues that could have been taken. And then I'll look at what the reality is and, and what would be cool to see. So, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, Chris hero and, uh, Claudio Castagnoli, who were, uh, the Kings of wrestling, um, amazing, obviously together there. And, uh, I think Castagnoli and, and hero both had a, a tryout and, um, Castagnoli was signed, which who's now Cesaro. So, and it's, it's actually weird to call him Claudio Castagnoli now. Like I don't, uh, I think I had a little lisp there too. Great. Who cares? Moving along. Uh, anyway, so Cesaro was signed. Uh, Chris Hero was absolutely not signed. Um, but he eventually was. So I think uh, that was like 2012. I think Cesaro was 2011. And then uh, Hero was 2012. And then I remember, you know, hearing his, his first... Uh, <laughs> hearing the the name the first time Cassius Ono hated it still hated actually um and I know this was a Chris Hero created name um Cassius Clay and Sonny Ono I think was the combo because uh, he wanted something that had KO to keep up with the knockout artist uh gimmick he was he was doing not not a huge fan um but hey man it is what it is can't be Chris Hero so you know whatever still the same guy um, so he gets signed and, you know, really kept the same gimmick from the Indies, maybe just like a little more, uh, intense. Like to me, he came off as more of like a, like a hitman type of guy. Um, and, uh, I don't know, like he really, it was very like all business. He would come in, throw a lot of strikes. Um, and then, you know, had obviously the elbows that he's been doing for, for a long time. Um, as a finish, he had recently like lost a ton of weight and got into really good shape. So things were looking good. It's just that he didn't really do anything. Like he was one of the original um, folks that transitioned FCW into NXT um, as like a brand, uh, developmental. And, and I mean, he was on the show and had some moments. The biggest thing that I can remember um, is is something with uh, William Regal, which was obviously really really cool to see them wrestle with each other. But that was kind of it. I feel like there's maybe like house shows where him and Cesaro like teamed up as a little nod to the indies, but like not really anything of note other than he's just like in NXT. Like he was just kind of there. Um, and I'm doing this not really like going back and looking. It's all from memory. Uh, I just think it's more fun that way. Um, so there, there could have been more things that he did, but I don't, I don't recall. Uh, basically, you know, he wasn't really being used a ton and then he gets released. And I would say that would be, I think that's like 2014. He got released like early 2014, maybe. Uh, and he just, you know, he went back over to the Indies, which duh, makes total sense. I was kind of like, man, that's a bummer. Cause I could really see him, um, 
you know, doing something in WWE. I, I just, the only hang up dude is I, I couldn't see Cassius Ono being a, I don't know. I just is a weird name to say, but I think most names are weird and then eventually you get used to them. Um, and maybe if, you know, he was prominent, it wouldn't sound so silly, but I, Chris Hero is kind of silly too. So, um, anyway, he, he, he moves back over to the Indies and, uh, he, you know, kind of just back in full swing. I, it was just awesome. Just, you know, kind of back to business as usual. A lot of PWG stuff, uh, beyond wrestling, just kind of all over the place. It's some ring of honor stuff. Uh, and then he just, I mean, he gained like an enormous amount of weight and I believe it's a thyroid issue, which makes it difficult for him to like, uh, traditionally exercise. Um, and also he just gains a lot of weight, which is a bummer. Um, cause the look isn't, fantastic especially for the trunks that he wears but it's like at the end of the day man we're we're really past the the stage of of what someone's body composition looks like um you know I, or at least we should be i think the husky look is good for someone who's supposed to be like a knockout you know striker like dude it seems like he, he would knock you out if he hit you he's a big dude so yeah, he you know he did some stuff on the indies that was that was cool. Uh, one of the highlights that I always remember is the the death by elbow with JT Dunn. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, and it was it was kind of you know back to normal as far as Chris Hero on the indies goes. Then, I think it was 2016, like the very end. Uh, it was announced that he got re-signed, which was honestly pretty surprising to me. Like, obviously, WWE is on, like, a kick or was on a kick of, of hiring just kind of everybody with some notoriety. Um, but it just, out of everybody, just based on, like, his look and everything, I was I was a little surprised. Um, but then I remember kind of going back and reading that when he got released the first time, it wasn't really, like... A, it, it was one of those open door, like, hey, you know, we'll work together in the future type of thing. So <clears throat> maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. So he returns in 2017, like early in NXT. And I remember when he returned, um, he had awesome music. <laughs> um, I don't remember why I thought that. I just remember thinking like, oh, I really like his, his entrance theme and maybe I'm in the minority. Uh, but yeah, he kind of came out. Um, just I feel like he like cleaned house I think it was him and yeah like him and a Tommy had a thing and then I was like dude to and it was like a main event thing so I'm like perfect like I could see Cash's oh no I was kind of upset not upset but I WWE had come a long way since they signed him the first time so I was hoping maybe he would just go by Chris Hero still but you know I it makes sense I is what it is and, and uh I just figured like here we go like he's going to be in you know, the main event scene and like, this is an awesome addition. And, uh, it, I was, I was pumped for it. And <clears throat> I, I don't think really anything happened. I think he, I mean, he was around a, a little bit. Uh, I remember his first match back, his gear, my God, it looks, I just, I, I hate it. And I still do. Like, I feel like there was one or two, like, uh, sets of attire that he wore where I just felt like he would, you know, he had the basketball Jersey was a thing he started doing on the Indies, but I just like incorporating that as full on in his gear. Like he had these weird, like hybrid basketball, like cut off sleeve Jersey shirt things. And they just, 
God, I hated it. He looked bad. Um, but he uh, he was just kind of there. And then, you know, when Matt Riddle came in, he was doing the whole, like, challenging thing and kind of, you know, turned heel. Had a couple of things with Riddle that were that were good. They were, they were cool. He had that takeover spot where he just lost with one move, which was great for Riddle. But and I think Chris Hero was at a point where it's like, you know, I, I could see him moving on to, like, being a trainer, like a head trainer at the PC and, and, um, really helping develop some guys. So I, you know, I, I wasn't too torn up about that. Um, but then it's just like, he just isn't around anymore. And then he kind of showed up at NXT UK and did some stuff and it just, it wasn't a good run again. And then now, you know, he, he's released. So in my opinion, a lot of missed opportunity there. Um, I, I, I could see people talking about his body and this and that and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, there's stuff that could have been done. Like, there there's some dudes who don't have a great-looking body, like Bray Wyatt, who's the fiend now, um, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, even Kevin Owens. I You know, he wears a shirt, and that is what it is, but it works for him. It, you know, nobody 10 years ago would have thought Kevin Owens would have been a multiple time champion, like main eventing pretty frequently. Right. So the Chris hero thing is just always kind of confusing to me. So there's a few different scenarios that I kind of feel like I, I could have done, um, or maybe would have done differently, uh, two different routes. So what I think is like, let's say he wasn't released in 2013, I could see him hanging out in NXT, um, being a being a part of things throughout twenty you know thirteen and and fourteen and and maybe even twenty fifteen, just kind of being like a staple. Especially, I could really see him during the the Finn Balor era, um, you know, where it was the the Finn Balor Samoa Joe uh, were having a lot of their matches, and I, I could see him fitting into that like really really well. Um. And then I could have seen something where maybe like after a few years, like, I don't know, 2016 or so, I could see him getting called up. And what I would have loved to see is a Kings of Wrestling in WWE, just like a monster tag run. Um, I know WWE isn't a great place to to have tag team wrestling occur, but um, I think that would have been super cool. Uh, and then even, you know, I could see them breaking up and like feuding and, and having Chris be a a you know a, a solid upper middle card guy um for a while and you know obviously biased but i i could see him in that title picture like i don't see why not um he I, to me he would have fit right in even with the weight gain or whatever like there could have been there could have been something like that really like attire wise or whatever character wise that could have set him apart and, and, and it would have been fine. I honestly, the only hang up for me, is it was his stupid like Jersey thing that he was wearing while he was in, uh, in the, in the fed brother. Um, so that's like one scenario where I, I think really ultimately the, the big highlight there would have been like a, a tag team run with Cesaro again, which it almost seemed like they were leaning towards that at one point. So, I think that would have been really cool. And then some, some mid card stuff would have loved to see him work with like the Dolph Ziggler's and the, um, the, uh, 
I don't who was in that 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 era, uh, like the twenty like fifteen or twenty sixteen like mid card. Like I, I just always think of um, Dolph Ziggler for some reason, and I I could see him fitting in with that. Even like twenty fifteen, like with the Wade Barrett stuff, um, I think he would have been like a great addition to that. And then. Um, you know, maybe, maybe working up towards like, uh, the John Cena open challenge stuff. I mean, I think that would have been great. That's how we introduced Sami Zayn, which was really cool. And so I know that was like his thing, but I, I mean, I think Chris hero would have been an awesome, an awesome addition to that as well. So, um, another scenario that I kind of play around in my head with like, let's say, okay, cool. So he got let go in 2013, just wasn't working out. And then he has his 2017 return. I could see it starting off the way that it did with some of the stuff with a Tommy or whatever, and, and maybe an even quicker Lakeel turn. Um, maybe some more riddle stuff. Like they had a couple of spots, but maybe stretch that out a little bit and make it like a, a pretty, like a notable feud. Um, and, and maybe even like a, an NXT title run. I don't see why that wouldn't have been a thing especially around you know before like champa was was really a big deal like I, man i that, that he would have been a great heel um to hold to hold the belt uh maybe like a, a program with like him and him and alistair black would have been really really cool because that would have been right around that time um and then i could see him moving up to the main roster um i you know maybe cesaro does not a lot um and i couldn't really see uh him being involved in the Sami Zayn Shinsuke thing, of course, I can never, I would never have thought that Shinsuke Cesaro and and Sami Zayn would have been a, a unit. But so you know, maybe he would have fit into that. Um, but I could also see him like I, I always go back to him getting up to the main roster and making a an impact in like the mid card scene. I would have loved to see him work with like Rey Mysterio and andrade um as a heel or a baby face like whatever would have worked um and that would have brought us right up until today so man i mean if he had a good run in nxt i could have seen him getting called up around this time and really um either a uh being inserted in the um universal title picture which uh right now is braun Strowman, and i think you know, maybe he comes up as like a, Hey, this here's a big guy from NXT. And, um, he, he gets some squash matches in maybe like a mid card type of feud as a, as a baby face with, with Sammy as the, the IC champ, maybe. Um, and man, I could really see a scenario where, you know, obviously Braun is holding the title until Roman comes back. So I could see the, you know, the, the Roman getting the win over Braun whenever we're back to business as usual. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, Roman having Roman and Braun having some sort of issue with, with Sami Zayn and his artist collective or whatever they call it. And then Chris like turning on, on Roman there and having like a universal, um, like title program there. I think that that's probably where I would have went with him current day. Um, obviously none of that worked out. That's why this is fantasy booking. So here, here's what I think is going to happen now. Right? So, uh, none of those scenarios panned out. So the reality is that he's released. Um, and now he, you know, he's obviously going to make a return to the Indies. Now, 
you were to ask me out of all the guys released, um, who would be, if they were going to pick one person uh, to immediately be signed to AEW, like who would that be? It would probably be Chris. I, I, I think it, that makes the most sense. It would be weird for that not to happen. Um, and you know, I, I still think we're, we're probably going to see, um, like EC3 and AEW and, and maybe even Hawkins and Ryder, which I would love. That'd be cool. I know Brian Myers is, is pretty good friends with a lot of those guys. And, um, you know, actually, uh, I think Zach Ryder or Matt Cardona is as well. So I, I could see the major brothers coming in. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. But I think the first pick is definitely going to be Chris hero. Um, I would love to see him on the indies first for a little while. I mean, I know AEW is a little less um, strict about that, but I, you know, I'd still love to see him when we're back to normal, if if at all possible, like a, like a PWG return for Hero, like GCW, that kind of stuff. Um, but if it's one of those situations where indies aren't really thriving, I could definitely see him just hopping right into AEW. Um, I think the perfect foil for that like it depends like so the the tnt title tournament's going on right now and i think it's a clear setup for for cody versus archer for the title but i could also see it being that like furthering their few but really setting it up for darby to be the first champion um so i could see um hero coming in and, and you know taking out darby allen um which i think would be they'd have awesome matches um or I could see him coming in directly uh, as an Omega um, opponent. You know, I know Hangman and and Kenny Omega are are the champs right now. And to me, I feel like how that's going to end is is some sort of turn, whether it's Hangman turning heel finally or like a swerve and like having Omega turn heel and turn on Hangman, whatever. But, you know, things like that could be uh, kind of put on the back burner right now. And I, I think it would be cool, like, if – if let's say, I don't know, let's say Hangman does turn on Omega, they lose the belts, they have a little feud. I think it would be cool to have uh, Omega sort of, or even if they don't have a feud, maybe they just lose the belts and whatever, and they don't really talk about it. Omega start really working his way up into like the title picture, you know, um, as, as, you know, as he should and, and have it kind of be foiled by Chris Hero's debut. And, and man, they would, I would love uh, an, an Omega Chris Hero feud, um, which would put Chris Hero right in that top tier, which I do think he belongs there. And I realized that most of my fantasy booking doesn't necessarily put him there first, but I think it's because I just really enjoy like slow builds for guys. But if anybody doesn't need a slow build, it's, it's Chris Hero. So I, I, I think that's probably where I would go with him. And then, Hey man, Cesaro's held on for a long time, so I, I don't wish anybody to to you know lose their job. But if Cesaro gets released or leaves on his own terms, I mean, Kings of Wrestling and AEW feuding with the Young Bucks, like in LAX and and the Lucha Brothers, and oh my God, like that would that's like super fantasy booking. But I think that would be uh, that would be a really cool thing to do. So that those are kind of my my thoughts for, for where I would have went with hero, um, for the reality booking. Um, I, I do think he'll end up in AEW and, and what he'll do. I'm, I'm not really sure if he comes in as a, as a baby face. Um, I don't know. Maybe he feuds with, with like Brody Lee or I don't, I don't really know, but I, I, I think it does make sense to put him right in the top tier there. So I could see him coming in as like, you know, his thing now is like wrestling genius. Him as just, really playing that up as a heel and 
and and taking on Kenny Omega, who's you know widely regarded as as one of the best in the world too, and just having a feud like that, that's some dream stuff for me. So that's that's where I'd go with Chris Hero for this week's fantasy booking, and uh, that that just about does it. So. Um, thanks for listening this week. I hope everybody's staying safe and, and just, man, stay home. Just seriously. It's just, let's endure a little bit of BS and just be bored or, or whatever. And and so we can get back to normal as quickly as possible. And, you know, like I always say it, heart goes out to all those who are just in unfortunate situations during this time, but you know, we can definitely come back and, and on the wrestling front, I want to see that get back to normal too. So, um, fantasy booking next week. I, I don't really know who I'm gonna who I'm gonna choose yet. It's probably gonna be somebody who I feel is slighted by the evil WWE corporate office. Um, but who knows? Maybe I'll go a different direction. I really enjoyed uh, doing the Chris Hero Cassius Ono fantasy booking this week, and uh, that obviously is gonna be a, a staple of the podcast until I can get back to training, which is hopefully soon. So thanks for listening, guys. Stay safe, and we will chat next week right here on Spanx Planet. Really want to come up with a catchphrase, and I still don't have one. So, bye.